I am a washed up hoops junkie, and this is my basketball podcast. We are about a quarter of the way into the season, and usually this is the point where teams really start to reveal themselves as to who they are and who they're going to be throughout the season. Now, I've been watching a few teams, and I have some troublesome trends that I've noticed, and some of them are maybe easily corrected or moving in the right directions. Others I'm a lot more pessimistic about. Lately, I've watched a lot of the Nets, and that's where we're going to start The big problem with the Nets, and sure you can point at a lot of things, the trade demands, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, you know, Steve Nash getting fired, everything around that. The real trouble with them is they play zero defense. I don't know if that's something that can change. The effort is certainly not there. Ben Simmons is a little miscast as the defensive savior for them. I don't know where all of this rebounding is going to come from. I watched them last night, and there was clearly an effort on their part to push the tempo, to not get caught in a half court because that's bad news for them. And while it is troublesome that they really do not look like a team that, even if they tried, could be strong defensively and that their offense is a little ragtag in that it's throw it to KD and see what happens, maybe that changes if and when Kyrie comes back. The positive sign that I saw was that Ben Simmons looked way more comfortable last night as opposed to a week ago when I watched them. He was pushing the place. Clearly, there was a decision somewhere made that they were going to do the hit-ahead pass again and again and again. When he got in the game, at first I thought, man, he's giving up the ball really early. What's he doing? As the game progressed, I noticed that it was more of a strategy. He was getting more comfortable. He had probably his best game of the season. He was, I wouldn't say aggressive offensively, but he was putting himself in position to score. He got a couple of downhill layups, a couple of dunks, putbacks, lobs. Just He looked like he was coming into shape. He still doesn't look comfortable handling the ball. Because I don't think that's his role with them. They have him as a backup five. I don't really like him in that role. I would hope that eventually it becomes a scenario where he's their starting four-man and they kind of have a Swiss Army knife front court with another big who can rotate so that they don't necessarily have Nick Claxton on. I don't think he's a solution. He is leading the NBA in dunks according to the broadcast last night. He looks a little lost out there defensively and their guards defensively, aside from Royce O'Neal, who's, we'll say, average. Their rotations are terrible. It's just not working out. They do have some pieces, though, that they can move around. They have three above-average shooters on that roster. Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. I think you could move one of them to get some depth. Somebody on the wing or some size somewhere. It just seems like all the turmoil has come to a head and they're starting to find some stability. That might be trending in the right direction. So they're a team that I saw the defense, yes, it's troublesome. They are not as good as maybe we thought they would be or hoped they would be. Nothing we can do about that, right? They're a mess. The Kyrie thing is a mess. What's going to happen with that? We don't know. There is a good sign that I think Ben Simmons looks like he's moving in the right direction. So that's a positive. 
Let's move to a team that has another troublesome trend, and that's the Warriors. They just don't seem to have it together. Now, I was thinking about this as a much bigger picture and not just in the lens of this season and how well they're playing. They're 6-8, and eight, I think, right now, not looking like themselves. But let's take a step back and think about since 2014, what have they done? This group, right? Championships, lost championships, been in the lottery, major injuries, KD getting traded or, or wanting out, all these things, you know, going on, all the drama. And then they come back and win a championship. And then Draymond's contract is up and the drama there. And they drafted these young guys and maybe they're not working out. And it's emotionally exhausting. You have to think this all takes a toll. And maybe right now, they just need some time to get themselves together. That sounds ridiculous. They're a basketball team, it shouldn't, but mentally, it's exhausting. It's draining. Clay Thompson, look at what he's been through over the last five years. We got to cut the guy some slack. You know what I mean? It's yes, our job, or not my job, I don't get paid for this, but the sports media's job is to be critical. But what more do you want from this team? They just won a championship. Sure, they're having a little struggles. Teams typically have a hangover after championships. Our standard for the Warriors might be a little too high right now. So for them, I'm willing to give it a little more time and not see this trend as too much of an issue yet because of their history. Something I didn't mention earlier and that I've noticed going on throughout the league on various teams is, and that's part of this trend, is the player names and games not matching up, right? We see a player, we look at their name and think, man, they should, they're should they really good. And then you watch them play and it's not there. We just talked about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a stud player when he's playing and he's not playing up to that level. Well, there's a number of other players in the league and this tends to get assigned to older players and we'll get to them later. But I'm going to start with a younger player right now and a team who's being impacted by this and this trend that I'm seeing that isn't good in the in the Minnesota Timberwolves. The player I'm going to pick on here is going to be Carl Anthony Towns. This is somebody who anointed himself the best big man shooter ever, which if you are the best big man shooter ever, you probably don't have to tell anybody. You don't see Dirk out there throwing his name into the ring like, hey, I'm the best three ball big man shooter ever. Larry Bird. Now, some people will say Larry Bird is not a big man. He was 6'10". He was a big man. He was a shooter. And in my eyes, up until Steph came along, Larry Bird may have been the greatest shooter of all time. So I don't think uh, you can leave him out of that conversation. And I don't think Carl Anthony Towns, he could say maybe I'm the best center shooter ever, maybe. But that's not for you to say in the middle of your career when you're not even in the discussion for being all NBA. You can't do that, you know. So the problem with the Wolves, and I've watched them a couple of times, and they've been in the media, and there's a lot of talk, is their body language sucks. Right now, they are a dumpster fire, for one of my favorite terms. They are a mess. I watched them play, the communication on the court, their body language, they're complaining to the refs, they're not looking at each other. It's not good. And I think that Rudy Gobert trade may go down as one of the worst I've ever seen just because of what Minnesota gave up to get him. 
all those picks, the price was just too high. And he's owed, what, $120, $140 million? In my eyes, he's not necessarily worth that, but you've given Cat this monster contract. The pieces don't fit. Clearly, when you watch, Anthony Edwards is the future. He may even be the present. He's that good. And you've built a roster that doesn't play to that. When you, you it just a, it doesn't make sense. You have two bigs, no spacing. The idea of Cat as a spacer is if you have the other team's five guarding him. Now the other team's five is guarding Rudy and he's close to the basket or doesn't have to guard him and play, he can play safety. That the whole construction doesn't work. You knew what you were getting when you made this trade. Thinking you could turn it into something else doesn't make sense. Another team did this with another player that we will not mention because we're trying not to. So I don't see this working out. I don't see it getting better. I don't know how many players-only meetings they can have. Say we're going to turn this around. I am very, very pessimistic about that. Let's move on to the next team that has a disturbing trend for me. And a player who's a couple of players whose names and games are not lining up. This is the Philadelphia 76ers. The trend I've noticed is when Harden was healthy, asterisk right there, they played too slow. They didn't get up the floor. They didn't move the ball well. It was a lot of Harden dribbling the ball into the ground. Sure, his numbers were good. His assists were up. But he wasn't drawing the same attention. He didn't have the same gravity towards the defense of pulling guys to him. And it wasn't maximizing Embiid, who, you know, honestly is playing himself into shape. He had the plantar fasciitis over the summer. Whatever you want to say about that, the guy just had 50-some points. He's looking pretty good. The question really is, is Harden going to be able to facilitate a, an uptick for the Warriors? They don't play fast enough. They are looking at Tyrese Maxey as a one-man fast break. There's no running anywhere else. They are, are really boring to watch. And P.J. Tucker on that list, right? You think the Sixers get P.J. Tucker, what a piece. He's 37. At some point, the sun will begin to set on his abilities. And that, that, that might be now because he's not impacting winning as much for them. They are good, yes, but P.J. Tucker today and P.J. Tucker four years ago, not the same. Even last year, at 37, the drop-off is hard. We're seeing that with another team we're going to talk about in a second. But I'm really concerned about the Sixers' pace not being fast enough. And their defense is okay, but the, the fact that they play so slow to me is going to be problematic. If you have Joel Embiid closing out possessions with defensive rebounds and you can't push the pace – it's going to be a long season and draining because you won't manufacture many easy buckets. Let's move on to another 37-year-old and another team, but I'm opt a little more optimistic about this team, even given that Chris Paul is 37 and total respect for Chris Paul, and, I want to, and that's why I'm trying to use the term. I do not want to say he's declining. He's just hitting a point where the sun is setting on his abilities. He's still good. But he's not Chris Paul. And this is what I'm talking about. The name is there. You know, oh, they have Chris Paul. He's 37. He's not shooting well at the beginning of the season. He's had a little some foot issues with bruised heel or whatever. I expect his shooting to improve. 
But at 37, what's your expectation for him? He's not going to be Chris Paul of old. What are you trying to get from him? However, what I do like about the Suns is you're seeing Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton trend in the right direction, Devin Booker stepping up. So as you're seeing the descension of Chris Paul's abilities, you're seeing the ascension of theirs. Now, there was drama with DeAndre Ayton and his contract in the summer after seeing them play and the way he plays. I don't think it's an issue. He's going to get the ball. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to get blocks. They're going to play him. He's going to get featured more just by the nature of what's happening. There's the evolution of their team. So I think that they're trending in the right direction. The one problem I will see with them is depth. And then Brian Windhorst talked about this on the Hoop Collective with his guys. Depth is an issue. If you look at their roster, they – don't have Jay Crowder, who would help a lot, and he doesn't want to be there. Now what do you do? you got to move him. Somebody will be interested, but it's it's a blight on your prospects going forward in the near term, especially with Cam Johnson being hurt. So I see them maybe trending upwards at the same time. You know, we'll watch how Chris Paul improves and if they can get some depth. We are only less than a quarter into the season, so I'm optimistic about them and and going forward. A team that I think is very vulnerable, and the trend I don't like is, not that I don't like it, but it still worries me even though they're starting to play better as the Miami Heat. You're relying on Jimmy Butler, who I love Jimmy Buckets, to be a stud for the whole season and into the playoffs. And Kyle Lowry, who, mind you, looks great. Physically looks like he's tuned it up heading into this season. Looks more fit than he was last season. But his production is not the same. He's not got the same pop. Maybe he can muster it up in spurts. And maybe he's pacing himself. But I'm worried. I'm worried. You know, again, Kyle Lowry. Wow, he's a winner. He's not young. And at some point, we start to see the sunset on him as well. You know, the fire going out, whatever pun you want to use for the team and the Miami Heat. I think they're vulnerable. When I saw the deal Tyler Hero signed, I thought that's a tradable contract. You package him and Duncan Robinson together and you can get a pretty good player. Maybe Bradley Beal. I don't know. We'll see what the... Off-season brings because they can't trade higher Tyler Hero until next season after they sign the extension. And Bradley Beal and the, the Washington Wizards, I was about to call them the Bullets, are, you know, doing okay. They're kind of in the mix for the play-in, better than I thought they'd be. But who knows, the season's early, right? Those are the teams I'm a little worried about. The team I'm not worried about, and it's not really a trend, are the Clippers. I haven't watched a lot of them. I probably will try to, but again, I mean, Kawhi hasn't played a ton of games. This was my expectation for them. Lack of chemistry, not knowing where they're going, not really a ton of leadership. We'll see what happens with them. I am going to make an effort to watch them a little bit more. I'm going to make an effort actually to watch Sacramento, who's 8-6, and six, which is shocking. Again, it's early, and the West is a mess of imperfect teams. Dallas is part of the play-in. Utah is now 10 and 6. Things will start to continue to shape in the way that you think they will 
because now you're you, there's enough sample of the way teams are playing for other teams to adjust. So Golden State's on my list of teams to watch as well. So that's what we have for this week. As always, thanks for checking in and enjoy the rest of your day.